all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Hello. I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Follow us Insta, Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod, or email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Very nice. Was it, I need to do it like, learn to do it really under my breath, like those car commercials with. So they oh, go yeah, like that's, that's 0%. Tough to do. But, yeah. I would have to have the copy in front of me to be able to read it that fast. That'd I be can't tough. I can't remember it that fast. Yeah, no, it's its own skill, I think. Yeah. What you drinking? I am drinking my. Glorious national local beer. I am drinking for this joyous occasion. We're talking about an American tragedy. <laughs> That's true. I'm drink- drink- if you're not drinking a national local <laughs> beer, then you're a communist. <laughs> I am drinking a pineapple. Truly, we are. Uh, we're clearly our beer selection is clearly suffering from COVID nineteen because normally we'd be going to the pharmacy. <laughs> Your beer selection has. Been, <laughs> okay, fair like, enough. Mine's been mine's been fine. Fair enough. I'm. Thinking we should take a trip to pharmacy, especially yeah. now that we have masks. Yeah. You know, we can kind of in and out Yes. very quickly. And thank you. Uh, who sent us the masks again? Oh, uh, Brenna. Brenna, and yes. And Michelle. Yes, thank and you Michelle's very much. mom made them. Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely. We have, we have very much been using them. Yes. And are um, gathering more in our collection because obviously you're supposed to wash them in between uses. So... Um, wear your mask. Hashtag wear your mask, please. And uh, I get that some people have to show up for their jobs, have to do, you know, either because you're an essential worker or because you, like, you will lose your job if you don't show up now as states are reopening. But please pretend that this is all the quarantine is still all going on, even if your state is, quote, opening up. Um. Also, as I was just ranting before we started, uh, just a little tidbit. The economy never shut down. So, therefore, we can't, quote, reopen it. God, that bothers me. Yeah. Anyway, the economy cannot, by definition, stop unless people stop buying things and selling things. So, and that has never stopped. Never once. I ain't never scared. <laughs> um, we don't have one star review corner, but we do have two star review corner. We do have two star review corner for uh-huh. a very special 150th episode. That's right. This is you, you left that out the entire you, time. You are right. I did 150. That's bonk. Way more than I thought we would ever do. I know. We've been saying that ever since like mm-hmm. what episode 20. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I never thought about how far it could go, but mm-hmm. here we are. Yep. Um, <clears throat> well, I've always done a three-digit format for the number of the episodes, so I guess our last, last episode has was, to be 999. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, if we have to reprogram it, it might shut down the economy. Just, That's right. <laughs> just, like, just like in 2000. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, like a Y2K. Yeah. <laughs> Except it'll be the 999 virus. Yeah, the 999. Uh, all right. Oh, it was so funny, speaking of 999 or 999, um, someone randomly asked on Twitter that I follow, is it Blink-182 or is it Blink-182? 
182. Everybody knows it's 182, but like half of the people said it's Blink 182. I'm like, no. No, it is not. No. Yeah, it's definitely, it's 182. Just <laughs> 182. The things you, the more you know. <laughs> the things you say. <laughs> All right. So our two star review comes to us courtesy of Deli Doll. Oh, okay. D E L L Y, not D E L I. Sure. Um, the, title of this is get to the point with five exclamation marks this podcast has very interesting content and i enjoy it when they actually talk about the topic unfortunately it takes them way too long to get to the point the couple is a little too cute and their banter (laughs) goes on for way too long and they constantly interrupt each other we've been called out on that many times so it's easy to get frustrated and switch to another show if you listen to an episode be prepared to skip through most of it (laughs) My biggest issue with this is the last sentence. Like, it's fine if you I was don't like say, I banter. Would, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with everything she's saying. No, or, or he, or, or they. Or they. Um, but I disagree with the be prepared to skip through. Let people decide for them fucking selves. If they want to, <laughs> if they want to skip, you can skip. That's fine. Totally, you're right. Um, you can skip Well, I think at this want, point, but... anybody who re- reads our reviews... Knows to, who we are. Well, like, and also has like. to has to know at this point going into it. Okay, there's going to be a lot of banter. Like if that's something you like, right. go for it. If it's something you don't like, give mm-hmm. it a try anyway. And if you don't like it, move on. Um, and then somebody did uh, work for Lifer did leave us a five star review. Oh, nice. With the um, uh, topic or, or subject line, you finally did it, French Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That, so, I did, that I didn't even didn't, latch on to. Yeah, that was, I think that was the funniest part, that you didn't yeah, get it. Yeah, I didn't. You were looking at me so seriously. <laughs> I'm like, come on, dude. How far do I have to go into this? So, anyway. Dude. Dude. <clears throat> so. Stop being so cute. <laughs> you are too cute. Too cute. <laughs> Hashtag too cute. Um, so I spent most of today writing this script. Um, this is, god damn, this could have gone on another episode. I, I briefly thought that this might be a three-parter. Mm. Um, the Kennedys just are that tragic. Um, but, uh, I was like, no, I just, let me get this done today. I have a two-day tax symposium, virtual tax symposium, the next couple of days. So I knew I had to get it done today so we could record. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is... I did this quickly. Yes. <laughs> I still think it turned out okay, but all right. Plus, this is pretty famous, so most people know about this. They at least know the broad strokes of this. Yes. I have, I have a feel. Yes, I would think so. Although, I I didn't know a ton about it myself. I'll say, I will say that. I just, I knew about it just, and I've barely watched the news at this time. But mm. just the little news that I did watch, it was you couldn't escape. Yeah. <clears throat> like, what was going, like, anytime you went to, I remember the break room at work, it was always on one of the news channels mm-hmm. and that's all story. that's all they talked about yeah well um did anything else happen like summer 99 i i probably say L- that literally if just uh it up. literally woodstock 99 happened a couple days oh, later that's right yeah which, which was its own tragedy <laughs> <laughs> which uh some people have i i think have wanted us to cover but i think I think Woodstock 99 is much more of a crime than it was. Wasn't it like people assaulting it, people? And it was and, looting. And, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not... Was, that, that is a little more crime adjacent, I would yeah. think. Yeah. Way to go, Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, that, is, that is an absolute stain on the legacy of that generation, of my generation. You know, I understand that this is going to be a controversial statement, but I actually hate festivals. Um, not, I will say this, I, I should actually qualify that. I like performing at festivals. You cannot drag me there to attend a festival. Anybody, for any reason, I will not go to a festival. I do not like a festival. I do not like green eggs and ham. Um, I doubt I've even suggested to you. No, you not that I'm going to festivals these days myself. No. But even if but I did, but that's the thing that, and I understand this is a controversial I kind of know statement. Not to ask you, but I, <laughs> I kind of hope festivals won't be around for a while because of what's going on. They're but I gonna, say that not going to be what they were. I say that with of two minds because that means my band's not going to perform either. So yeah, that's and talk rough. about talk about an atmosphere where everybody is packed in like sardines. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the point mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. The point of it. But I kind of um, I kind of doubt we'll ever be back to the heyday of packed in like sardines. <sighs> I not bet for a long time. At the very least, capacities will be down, which will have the side effect of preventing crowd disasters. I would imagine it will it should. So less probability, fewer people, fewer Mm -hmm. probability. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, (laughs) too cute. Move on. Festival corner. Festival corner. All bad festivals. So many. We've covered a couple. Uh, um, So this is, so last week we did the death of JFK Jr. and John F. Kennedy Jr. Part one, the Kennedy curse. That will continue. Jesus. I mean, um, this is part two spatial disorientation. So we're going to get into a more traditional bad thing, i.e. a plane crash. I don't know why everybody loves a plane crash. It's weird. Um, I'm so just a, just a recap episode one, very quickly. If you're a Kennedy, you're fucked. (laughs) You have a very good chance of dying yeah, if young. You, I, I, I was going to recap it, but this is going to be long enough. I would say go back and listen yeah, to you could just, you could episode just, one. You can literally just put that one up, you know, on everybody. If you're Kennedy, like... Be careful. Uh, and don't fly. Yeah, don't do basically, that. Basically. So. Don't do anything. This, and, this, this would actually be the perfect time to be a Kennedy. Just stay in your house <laughs> stay and don't, don't do anything. Do anything. <laughs> Although, as we'll discover, there are other things that can befall Kennedys, including very recent <sighs> events. Oh. oh. Yeah. And that the Kennedy curse is also Kennedy-adjacent curse. Yeah, again, just like, okay. um, what was that horror movie series? Final Destination. Just oh. like Final Destination. <laughs> okay. So main sources for this episode were Wikipedia, Biography.com, The Baltimore Sun, The New York Times, The Daily Mail, Factonate, Town and Country Magazine, the AOPA, or Aircraft Owners and Pilot Association, Pilots mm. Association, and The Guardian. So, um, I'm going to go backwards just a little bit. So we ended at, um, like, early 70s, uh, Jackie O, re- well... Jackie Kennedy remarried and all that. But now, now she's Jackie O. Now she's Jackie O. Now she's am... Ashley O. <laughs> Ashley Who's Ashley from, the, from Black Mirror. Uh, Miley Cyrus. Oh, uh, I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> I remember the that episode. I didn't remember that was her name. <laughs> yeah. um, that wasn't a bad episode. No, it wasn't. That was kind of cute. Yeah. It was a cute Black Mirror, and hey, there were many. Um, if anybody could turn a Nine Inch Nails song into a pop song, it'd be Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, yeah. <laughs> Um, I actually have a little bit of respect for Miley. 
Um, and I have a feeling that episode was very close to home yeah, for her. Mm-hmm. Like, if your dad's Billy Ray Cyrus, like, you gotta do what you gotta do to just survive. <laughs> yeah. W- William Ray. <laughs> Don't break my heart. Ugh. My achy bro- oh, I God. remember that fucking song and I was another like song. six. It's another song that when it was popular, like, you could have lived on the moon and you still would have heard it. You couldn't escape it. Shitty, <laughs> shitty song. Sorry. Made him, sorry. Made him millions upon millions oh, yeah. of dollars. So. He shouldn't regret it. No. Mm. I don't think Billy Ray Cyrus I, I is too concerned about his, I don't, like... I don't begrudge him for it. I'm like, hey... Art- artistic status. You struck gold once. Sometimes it's all it takes. Oh my god, I used to watch it when I was, like, 12. I watched this show called Doc, starring Billy Ray Cyrus. This show he, called what? Doc! Doc? It was like a little Christian show. He played a vet. It was, <laughs> I, I just thought of it. Anyway, look up Doc starring Billy Ray Cyrus. Did he have a mullet as the vet still? Did he have a mullet? I think he grew it out a little, but it was still janky. Mm. Anyway. Okay. Too cute. Moving on. Um, Imagine if your veterinarian had a mullet. <laughs> would you trust that person? No. I would walk out with both cats and say you are not going anywhere near them. So you're Sorry. fine. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit to John Jr.'s early life a little bit more. Um, so this is after Jack was assassinated, but before Jackie remarried. So, uh, right after John's death, obviously Jackie had to move, right? She can't live in the White House. And, uh, like, talk about a shitty, like, Oh, poor Jackie. Oh, honey, when are you going to leave? Because, you know, the Johnsons need to move in. I, I know. Like, how awkward would that... Yeah. Or maybe she was just like, mm-hmm. I got to get the fuck out of here. I would think a little bit more uh, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she moved to Georgetown. And, and she, I, I, geez, I wonder... She probably kind of maybe never went back there, or if she did just one time, just, oh, I got to retrieve these things. Well, that's anything just, she didn't go back to Dallas. And that's for goddamn sure. And just said to people, like, I need all of these things. Yeah, get, collect get them, my things. Oh, I'm sure. She was not, like, no. uh, She wasn't moving <laughs> things herself. No. no. She wasn't wrapping things in bubble wrap. No. <laughs> like, no. No. So, so but she, the poor woman. I, I mean, know. I know. Her. Ugh. She's 34 when he gets assassinated? Yes. 34. I believe so. She was born in 29. So All yes. the shit uh-huh. she went through at the age, by the 34. age of 34. By the time she was a year younger than I am. It, it's awful. It's really awful. After I looked into all this, I just felt terrible for her. Yes, absolutely. Um, so she moved to Georgetown with the kids, with uh, John Jr. And who I'm just going to call John moving forward. Sure. If I refer to his dad, I'll say Jack. So just to kind of Just to make it clarify. more confusing. Mm. <laughs> So they moved to Georgetown, but they were still in D.C. Sure, they're in the area. Yeah, Yeah. so that, like, her house became, like, a tourist attraction. Yeah, I bet it did. So she was like, okay, we are moving to New York. So she moved to the Upper East Side of New York City. And so she put John into St. David's School, which is a Catholic boys' school. Now I'm going to do this for (laughs) the rest of his education, just so we are aware, for context. And yes, I realize this isn't a shock that John went to like the, the best schools. Yes, that you, you can possibly had to, go to. So I looked up the tuition for the 2019-2020 year for school, school year for this school. What are the ages? K again? through eight. Kindergarten. Oh, K through eight. Well, they do have a pre-K program. The prices sure, different, but I'm talking sure. about kindergarten through eighth per year. Per year. I'm gonna go seventy-five thousand. Oh, okay. You, you <laughs> yeah, I was way off. <laughs> Did I Samsonite it again? You Samsonite it. Damn it. It was fifty. It's 50. 
Jesus Christ. It's still fifty. Fifty thousand dollars for somebody to go to kindergarten? Yes. <laughs> Pre-K's um less, a little less. <laughs> but it has a mandatory fee. That did come up in an episode of uh, everybody's favorite 2000 show, Entourage. But uh-huh. there's a whole episode where uh, Ari, his agent, mm-hmm. trying to get his kid into mm-hmm. like this prestigious, the K through eight, or right. I think it was a K Prep through twelve, like type of thing that he went to, and his two other kids were already uh-huh. going to. And he was like, he was like, I can't. He said something like, I can't believe I have to pay eighty thousand dollars a year for my kid to play with blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I have a lot of feelings about oh, this shit. Well, you see, but... you see right away, and I, I, I don't have any overall image of who JFK Jr. was. Oh, we're gonna get to, a clearer picture. But here, to me, yeah. he's just seemed like okay. He he kind of is where he should be. You know, mm, kind gotcha. of quasi celebrity, but kind of doing his own thing. Well, he, you know, I mean. He, in a way, and I, I will say this, he couldn't really even go to public school if they wanted him no. to. It wouldn't even be safe. He, They still had Secret Service detail. Oh, sure. So yeah. they had to control his environment just even from that. But you see right away like who you become mm-hmm. encased in that environment with, and mm-hmm. it's just... It's a very small pool. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to Jackie's remarriage... Oh, so apparently John Jr., John kept his secret service detail or was able to keep his secret service detail until he was 16. Um, But the whole family, including Jackie, kept secret service detail. Um, John was given the code name because I I love reading about social or social security uh, secret service detail um, well, well you nicknames. love reading about social security i read too. a lot about social security uh secret service um nicknames sure they're hilarious they're super fun and i think that if i can, were can i can i take a guess at what his sure, was yeah uh, it's uh, uh bread yeah, because he's white. I like guess. Bread. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all white. Um, I was thinking more like the best of bread, like oh. like the band. <laughs> no, it was Lark. Lark, because he was known for being an energetic troublemaker. Oh. So he was just a boisterous little boy. I'll bet he was. Yeah. It's like, hey, did you guys want to hear about how I spent my third birthday? <laughs> <laughs> But, but we talked about it in the last episode. It is. What's <laughs> awful is how much I laughed at it. That, I, you know what? He has kind of the ultimate uh, Trump card, for lack of a better word. It's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I saluted my dad's coffin, <laughs> my assassinated father, when I was three years old, on my third birthday. You top that. Like, no one could, ever. Yeah, on the, on the sadness scale, I, I don't think he could. No. That's pretty bad. That's awful. (laughs) Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. Okay, so I guess Lark is cute, (laughs) at least a little bit. So as we mentioned last week, uh, Jackie married Aristotle Onassis in 1968, but John kept attending school in New York, which I'm guessing he preferred because, again, he referred to Onassis as, quote, a joke, (laughs) end quote. So he probably appreciated not being in close proximity. So he was in boarding school, basically, right, from a young age. Uh, the feelings were mutual all the way around, apparently. Um, Onassis's children, Alexander and Christina, kind of hated Jackie. Like, they apparently... <laughs> Just good times, everybody. Yeah. So they were in their, like, late teens, early 20s when they got married, and they were both kind of holding out hope that Aristotle would remarry their mom. 
who he had divorced uh, in like 1960. Yeah. And so Jackie was, in their mind, probably the bitch who like stole their mom's place or whatever. Very typical cut feelings in on of the, blended Cut in families. on the action. Yeah, very typical um, of blended families. That happens all the time. And then you add millions of dollars and it complicates it. <clears throat> Christina even tried to convince Aristotle that Jackie was cursed because of all the shit. Wouldn't that take too to much Kennedy's. convincing no. to me. <laughs> if you just told me two of these stories and be like, uh, babe, I'm sorry, we're breaking up. I never want to, I never want to see you again. <laughs> and we we haven't like, even don't, got, don't come near me. We haven't even gotten to the Kennedy adjacent oh, Onassis curse. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah, you just hold, hold on there. Yeah. So after St. David's, John moved on to collegiate school. I thought that was a descriptor. That's actually the name, collegiate school. It's a school in New York that goes up to 12th grade. Oh. Um, like private. as in that's the name of it? Yes, collegiate oh, school. okay. And it's in New York City. Um, 2020 to 2021, tuition, $56,000. Christ. So you're spending more than what people typically pay for college in a year. Think about if you, made, um, if you made a million dollars in New York City. Mm-hmm. That was your gross income. A twentieth of it is gone every single year for your kid. Five percent. Yeah, or five percent. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, a twentieth um, is five percent. Yes, uh, that's how I meant to say it, though. <clears throat> but imagine that just just off the bat before you like gone already. Yeah. Just to go to high school. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what this is. Yeah, but they weren't really hurting for money. Um, sure. Jackie's uh, New York apartment apparently was 15 rooms. Oh God. That's New York. That's Manhattan. Yeah, we're. Yeah. Upper East Side sort Where of Where space is sparse. And, <laughs> to say the least. And we know why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so as Jackie's <clears throat> son thrived, Aristotle's son, Alexander, tragically did not. Um, apparently the Kennedy curse rubbed off on the Onassises because in a very interesting parallel between Alexander and John that we'll get into more later, Alexander was interested in flying. Oh, no. Probably spurred on by the fact that he was made the president of Olympian uh, Airline, Olympic Aviation, sorry, the airline founded by his dad in 1971. <clears throat> he did have a professional pilot's license, but his privileges were pretty limited because apparently he had pretty bad eyesight. On January... Just what you want in a pilot. Well, that's why his flying <laughs> privileges were restricted. But still... <clears throat> you can do some things. You sure. Know. On January 22nd, 1973, he was flying in his own personal amphibious airplane as a passenger. He was not flying the plane. Oh, um, okay. So he was taking uh, the plane out with apparent so apparently like his pilot the person who actually typically flew his plane for him that and when he was a passenger had like an eye infection or something so they were like onboarding a new pilot okay um instructing him and his name was Donald McCusker so they took off from an Athens airport when within 15 seconds the plane crashed jesus <clears throat> so like basically right after takeoff alexander was critically injured and rushed to the hospital where he was joined by his parents and stepmother, along with an American neurosurgeon Aristotle had brought with him from New York. But the neurosurgeon was like, Mm-mm, there's oh, no, no coming back from this. So his injuries were catastrophic, and he died the next day on January 23rd. He was 24. Jesus. Yeah. Another uh, aviation 20, accent. And 24 accident. years old. 24. I mean, mm-hmm. 
Aristotle was pretty much devastated by this. Uh, His first impulse, he wanted his son cryogenically frozen. Like, maybe we can revive him one day. Hey, if you've got the means. Right. He was actually talked out of it. Um, The inquiry into the crash concluded the cause was negligence in shoddy workmanship on work that was done to the plane. So, like, bad maintenance stuff. Okay. Um, But Aristotle was dead convinced it was the CIA in cahoots with a Greek military junta, junta leader who killed his son. Now... I wouldn't put it past the CIA. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, anytime, yeah. It still sounds just like a tragic accident. I'm sure it was. I'm sure the odds of that is is simply an accident. Right. They they happen. Right. But goddamn. Yeah. They happen way, like. Way too much in this. Even if I meet somebody who is first or last name is Kennedy, I'm going to stay away. I don't care if they're related or not. Even the first name? <laughs> yes. Especially the first name. Oh. But even if it's their last name and they're... Who if you're a listener named Kennedy, reach out. <laughs> yes. But don't. <laughs> so... This is just fucking bonkers. Oh, I, like, we, what the we're fuck? We're not even done. Oh, my oh, goodness. Jesus. <clears throat> so... Uh, yeah, Aristotle... You gotta be kidding me. Aristotle Onassis was basically devastated by the death of his son, and it's thought to have contributed... To his rapidly deteriorating health. Uh, yeah. So he suffered from myasthenia gra- gravis, which is a neuromuscular disease that causes weakness and fatigue in voluntarily controlled muscles. So it can cause like drooping eyelids, limb weakness and fatigue, impairment speaking or swallowing, and its complications when severe can lead to death. And that's what happened. Hmm. Um, on March 15th, 1975, Aristotle Onassis died of respiratory failure as a result of his. Myasthenia gravis at the age of 69. <clears throat> in his That's will, not that old. It's not that no. old, yeah. Especially for somebody with money. that amount of money. Yeah, exactly. It's fairly young. But a, a neurodegenerative yeah, disease. Yeah, there's, you know, there's not too much you can do about yeah. that. Yeah. In his will, Aristotle split his estate. So about half was left to a charitable foundation in Alexander's name. And then the other half mostly going to Christina, his daughter. Uh, but with a stipulation that Jackie would get $250,000 a year as a stipend. Um, however, something must have happened behind how, the scenes. However, Something must have happened behind the scenes because in a document that was put up for auction two months ago. So this just came out. Like, this full-blown document is up at auction now. It was revealed that on May 7th, 1975, Christina basically bought out Jackie. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She agreed to pay Jackie a one-time $20.5 million payment. And Jackie agreed to completely have nothing else to do with the estate. And I think that's probably the smartest thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and lets everybody part. Well, what so is... so this was 1975. Yes. What mm-hmm. year does uh, Jackie Onassis died? 95? 94. 94? Mm-hmm. So 19 years. So. Do you want first of all? Do you want to know how much that is in today's money? Sure. Just about 99 million. Oh my god. Almost 100 million dollars. But. Jackie Onassis actually made out because she only lived another 19 years. Right. So if you add up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why. <laughs> Versus 250 a year. It the headline is basically 
Jackie Onassis negotiated yeah. her way to a pretty awesome yes, she did. payout. Yep. Um, now, uh, Aristotle Onassis's uh, estate was estimated to be about half a billion. Okay. So that was a drop in a bucket to his so estate. So two fifty a month was to him. He was just like sh- shekels. It was like especially here. considering he basically split it between his two kids and was like, "All right, just make sure she doesn't starve." She's Kinda like, oh, I'll make, sh- oh, I'll make sure she doesn't starve. Yeah. I want her gone, and uh, if it takes $20 million to do it, Well, but what, what I takes. think Jackie showed was that she had the foresight of being, hey, just pay me this, and I'll make it. You, can, you can literally buy me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> and so, at age 45, this is, yeah, at age 45, wow. Jackie Onassis was once again a widow, though most definitely a set-for-life widow. She returned back to the States and split her time between New York City, Martha's Vineyard, and the Kennedy compound. Yeah, that's true. In Hyannisport. Because the Kennedys don't have the Onassis-type money. I mean, the Kennedys mm-hmm. have got money, but mm-hmm. Onassis has they got... They like old money. And, yeah, uh, Onassis has got money, money. Yeah. money. He has uh, the kind of money you can get from all sorts of dealings that you can he's do got, in Greece. <laughs> he's, got the, he's got the money that he can literally afford a $20 million buyout. Yeah. Well, that's and it the, wasn't him. But but his his estate. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the kind of money he's got. Yeah. I don't think I don't think the Kennedys have that. No, no, I no. would be kind of surprised. They've yeah. got they've got hey, we're comfortable for the rest of our lives type money. Obviously. Oh, they they've but got more than that. I think they've got more. like yeah, good money, but not yeah. Not twenty million dollar buy off money. I don't think so. No. All right, so in February 1976, and another bad thing, not Kennedy related, but another bad thing we will need to add to our list, there was a devastating earthquake in Guatemala that killed an estimated 23,000 people. Is that one we've done by any chance? No, no. Interesting. I don't think so. All right. No. No. <laughs> We're at episode did we, 150. Did we we've do done... something in Guatemala? No, I don't think no? so. No, I don't think we've done anything All right, in Guatemala. All right, you're, Guatemala, you're on deck. <laughs> Um, so a young John, Jesus, that... then, then 15 years old. Even the earth feels the curse of the Kennedys. The, <laughs> no, the no, earth no, is no. Like... This was not having to do with the Kennedys. Yes, I told it, you. Yes, it no. was. The earth was upset. Now you're going to say everything is related to the Kennedys. <laughs> I think it is. So John, who was 15 years old, traveled to the area to help in recovery efforts. Okay. So his Kennedy image really helped boost awareness of sure. the devastation. And one local priest said that his assistance did more to help the image of Guatemala than quote, a room full of ambassadors End quote. Nice. So he used Got his, the word out. Yeah. It helped use his image for good. Right. Uh, he continued in a civil service vein in his remaining school years, helping to tutor disadvantaged kids. He also really started a very adventurous streak. He enjoyed traveling a lot. And he started getting into acting when he transferred to Phillips Academy in Andover, Massachusetts in his junior year. Phillips 2020 to 2021 tuition is 60000 oh, if you board. <laughs> um, now, interestingly, he didn't actually do that well in his junior year. He got held back. So he was a year behind the curve on everything, including graduating from high school, graduating from college. I um, bet that sucked. <clears throat> At that age, being held back? Yes. Like you're so close to the finish line. Yes, but as we're going to see, he had some tenacity. Anyway, in, in that. Good. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get to that. So, But obviously, he was a Kennedy that was not going to destroy his college no, prospects. No, but, but still, it would just suck. So, 
and I am being cynical because maybe he was a really great guy who got his act together and all, but we know that the name means just about everything in the Ivy League. So, you know. Very true. Uh, So let's not pretend that's not true. Um, (laughs) It made sense, of course, for John to follow in his father's footsteps and attend Harvard. But instead, he decided to go to Brown University. But potato, potato, it's all the fucking Ivy League. Bucking the trend. Mm-hmm. Dad, I'm going to Brown. <laughs> Mom, I'm going to Brown because Dad's not That's here true. to tell. But he was saying that to his dad. Yeah. He majored in American studies. <laughs> in his mind, I guess. <laughs> he majored in American studies and was active in student life. After a trip to South Africa, he got Andrew Young, Jimmy Carter's U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, to speak at Brown, Brown on the issue of apartheid. So I'm guessing that when a Kennedy asks you to do yeah, something for them, you do it. <laughs> this was when I was uh, oh, 9, 10, 11 years old is mm-hmm. when apartheid was mm-hmm. first in the like national conscience. Right. Conscience. Conscience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I remember, uh, and of course, I'm sure we could find him on YouTube, like Bono doing ads for Oh, God. <laughs> it was like an exorcism. <laughs> This apartheid. This pretentious human being. <laughs> and I'm saying that over fuckface. So you know he's pretentious. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that was in South Africa. And that was, for a long time, that was a thing. Mm-mm. Horrifically mm-hmm. so. Absolutely. So after graduating from Brown in 1983, John kind of tooled around a bit. He fundraised for the Democrat... Fundrose? Fundrose for the Democratic... <laughs> Party. Easter, the Democratic Party. Not as well as William Cavendish. <laughs> you just had to fit that in. I'm William Cavendish. Would you like to give a thousand, five thousand to the Democratic Party? Would you like a casserole? Would you like a casserole with that and a fruitcake? <laughs> fruitcake. Oh. It's as I, William Cavendish. <laughs> So he also uh, was diving into a sunken pirate ship, traveling to India, doing some post-grad work, well, we meeting Mother 20s. Teresa, as you yeah. do. Exactly. I met things. her, yeah, when I was 22. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? I mean, <laughs> I, I unfortunately she grew up after she yeah, died. She would but... not say a prayer for me. <laughs> Mother Teresa would I have know. said a prayer even for you. She might have. Who knows? She's a good lady. <laughs> She was a good Catholic girl. Yes. <laughs> uh, so now let's break away from John for a second for Kennedy Curse Corner. Oh <laughs> On April 25th, 1984, Bobby and Ethel Kennedy's... Like, every decade's got one so far. Like... The, oh, yeah. We'll get to <laughs> I mean, at least that. one. Um, Bobby and Ethel Kennedy's fourth of 11, remember, child, David Anthony Kennedy, died in Palm Beach, Florida. Now... As you may recall, he was the one who got hurt and whose girlfriend died when his brother Joseph II flipped his car. Do you remember oh, that? The Jeep? Jesus, yeah. You remember that yes. from the end of the last episode? Yep. So, um, well, David's personal problems went back a little farther than that. He was 12 years old when his dad was killed, and that messed him up pretty badly emotionally, as uh, you can imagine. Yeah. 
he started using recreational drugs to cope at a pretty young age, including intravenous drugs. So he was shooting up. Oh, um, God. That's, yeah. He overdosed on two separate occasions in the 70s, but survived. Um, he went to rehab in spring of 84 and then went to Palm Beach to spend Easter with some of the Kennedys. And he was found dead in his hotel room on April 25th by hotel staff. He had OD'd on cocaine, Demerol, oh, and Melaril, or Theorid... Theoridazine. Theoridazine. None of those sound good together. No, he was 28. Oh, God. <clears throat> so this is John's cousin. Um, spoiler alert, Bobby and Ethel's kids did not fare well. So that was a Kennedy-related thing. Now here's another Onassis curse corner. Oh, um, on November 19th... They, they just transferred it to another host. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they did, they passed it on. They mm-hmm. didn't just get rid of it. No. So on November 19th, 1988, Christina Onassis was found by her housekeeper oh, dead in her bathtub in her Buenos Aires mansion. She died of a heart attack at age 37. The fuck? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. She was partying hard. Oh, she... You know, I didn't get that impression. No? I didn't look into okay. it. It was caused by a pulmonary edema. Oh. Um, well, there's that too. Kind of like something that could happen even if you're not living hard sort of a thing. Just like, a, I didn't go super into it, but anyway. Damn. I know. 37. I That's know, 37. young as fuck. It's really young. So back to John. Uh, he eventually settled back down. So he had uh, he graduated from uh, Brown, right? He eventually settled down in New York, working for the city's Office of Business Development. And by all accounts, he was a good worker. I mean, fine. He was making like twenty grand a year, apparently, which doesn't sound like much. I didn't convert it, but um, but I mean, he's also set for life, so it doesn't really matter. He's gonna be okay, <laughs> no matter what. Uh, and then he decided to go ahead and attend law school at NYU. He interned at a firm in LA with strong ties to the Democratic Party and no. worked for Uncle Ted Kennedy's law school roommate. So yeah, he was pretty well hooked up. <laughs> uh. He graduated from law school in 1989 and took the bar exam three times. He passed on the third try. So that's why I'm saying he had tenacity. Like, he just was like, okay, I'll take it it again. I'll take it again. And that was fortuitous for him because if he had not passed on his third try, he would have been ineligible for his first job out of law school, serving as a prosecutor for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. So that was the start of his law career. And he worked there for four years. Hmm. He kept traveling, doing adventurous stuff. He still enjoyed acting, but Jackie disapproved of it as a potential career path. So that kind of quashed that. Um, I imagine he was mostly occupied by his job, having scads and scads of disposable income, and by being the handsome offspring of two of the most revered American icons of the 20th century. I'm sure it also didn't hurt that he was quite the looker himself. And in 1988, he was deemed the sexiest man alive by People magazine. Look at all that hair. It's it's pretty <laughs> epic hair. Yeah. He is objectively... Well, no, that's not true. Beauty is never objective. He's, he's, uh, he's, by, very, he's very handsome. By white male 80s, 90s standards, he is like... By 1988 standards. Poster boy. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. 
Um, it's funny too. I was watching Sex in the City recently, and that show started, I think, in '98. So while he was still alive, and there was an episode where Charlotte had like this little memory box of things that she treasured from childhood, like, um, and one of the it was like a picture of her dream house, and then a picture of her dream man. <laughs> it was JFK Jr. <laughs> of course, yeah. So, obviously, John did not have a hard time finding a date, uh, to say the least. He dallied with the likes of Cindy Crawford. He he dallied? Well, Cindy Crawford, Sarah Jessica Parker, speaking of Sex and the City, Daryl Hannah, and Brooke Shields, to name a few, um, as well as a number of models. He was a modelizer. (laughs) Yeah. And he's in New York City, which is like one of the capitals of modeling. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're everywhere, I'm sure. At one point... For him. Yes. Not for... (laughs) No. Not not for anybody else. Well, like 10 other people. But he he was one of them. Uh, At one point, Sarah Jessica Parker, before her Sex and the City days, when I I think that's basically what she's known for now, but prior to that, um, said of dating John, quote, I never had any idea of what real fame was until I met John. He's a nice man, but for God's sake, I feel like I should apologize for dating him. It has become the defining factor in the person I am. It's pathetic. When I die, they're going to say, oh yeah, Sarah once dated John Kennedy, <laughs> end quote. Now, again, that was before her own mm-hmm. like real claim to fame. So I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's not going to be like her leading line in her obituary. Probably not at this point, no. <laughs> So, so as he enjoyed his time as a hot and single young 30-something in New York City, John also started developing an interest in journalism after writing a New York Times article about a kayaking expedition he went on. <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> he is the whitest trust fund baby. <laughs> and, and who did he go on that expedition with? Oh, I don't know. It was a, I think it was a guy's trip. It was a friend. It was William Covington. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize you were setting up a joke That's <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> no, we know William Cavendish died. He was part of the Kennedy curse. spirit lives on. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so he, just started de- he started developing a project with businessman Michael J. Berman that resulted in the publication George Magazine. You asked about that. I right? did. We mm-hmm. did. It was like a big, glossy, uh, tongue-in-cheek publication with the tagline, not just politics as usual. Yeah, and the, the first issue was uh, Cindy Crawford. You stole my Sorry. next line. Well, Sorry. not next line, but... So it was basically a lifestyle magazine with a political spin, so like Rolling Stone, but with politics instead of music, pop culture... Uh, John himself had been, of course, greatly encouraged to pursue a political career, career, but he really didn't. That's not where his interests lay. So this is sort of his version of a political career. Very famously on the cover of the first issue of George was Cindy Crawford, who John was connected to, as we know, stylized as George Washington, a sexy George Washington. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. That's, but that that it's so 1995 uh this was like uh, no this is 95 oh i was thinking 93 95. no okay. this is 95 but uh but yeah that photo was everywhere that's funny 
I didn't, was. I didn't know that, but yeah, yeah. that was a that was a very uh, big deal to have Cindy Crawford dressed as fucking <laughs> George, George Washington. Washington. <laughs> it's it's silly. I thought I find it very silly, it but I'm sure at the time it was oh, irreverent. Yeah, and, it, it was you know. what uh, shocking was pre nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, right. You know. <laughs> so also around this time, as the magazine geared up for publication, John was gearing up for settling down. So let's talk about the lady he settled on. Yeah, he's like, like I've, let's see, I've had music stars, movie stars, models. Let me just go for some rando. Let's see, <laughs> let's see how that works She's out. She's not a rando. No, She's I'm not sure a rando. she was not. So let's talk about... I don't know who she was, though. Carolyn Bassett. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Couldn't remember the name. It is Carolyn, not Caroline, which we got wrong in the last episode. Carolyn Bassett. So she was born on January 7th, 1966, into a New York suburb family in White Plains. Her siblings, she had two older sisters, identical twins, Lauren and Lisa, who are 14 months older than Carolyn's. They're all very close in age. Their parents divorced when they were young, and they moved with their mother to Greenwich, Connecticut, so still in New York burbs, when she remarried to Richard Freeman, an orthopedic surgeon. The Bassett girls were smart beautiful and ambitious. Lauren majored in economics at Hobart and William Smith Colleges. Again, that's the name of the one college, Hobart and mm-hmm. Smith Colleges. Some of these schools I just know. throw me with that one I've actually heard of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then she went to work as an analyst at Morgan Stanley before getting her MBA at Wharton. <laughs> like basically the Harvard of business schools. Yes. Uh Harvard Business School notwithstanding. <laughs> Uh, oh, and I've got a picture of Lauren. This is Lauren. Very okay. all-American, mm-hmm. cute, vivacious sort of, like a Tommy girl, right? Definitely, uh, definitely an '80s look. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. There weren't a ton of great pictures of her. Yeah. Like Carolyn, obviously, very easy to find pictures. Not so much of Lauren. So she moved to Hong Kong in 1994. Went back to work for Morgan Stanley. She knew how to speak Mandarin fluently because she spent time in China in the early 90s. Yeah. She was a regular in the Hong Kong scene, and she was described by those who knew her as kind, stylish, and confident. That'd be really cool to have that in your bio. Like, you know, I'm... I'm, Speaks Mandarin, fluent in Mandarin. And uh, I'm I'm also a part of the Hong Kong scene. (laughs) I don't think that's what you put on your resume. Sure you do. So I I thought it was it was hard to find great information on Lauren, but I thought it was really important because spoiler alert, she was the third person on that plane. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of times when a famous person dies with other people, yeah. those people get eclipsed by the and famous she was, person. And so. she was a twin. I mean, that's she's an identical twin. Yeah. yeah so somebody uh, Lisa mm-hmm. Bissett lost her identical twin. Yeah. Her little sister, Carolyn, followed in her sister's well-educated footsteps. The family was Catholic, and Carolyn attended private St. Mary's High School, where she was really known as, like, the it girl. Like, the popular girl. Super popular, gorgeous, and very rich in social capital. She attended Boston University and and dated... I'm gonna... I, I said, see if David knows who he is. John Cullen. John Cullen. Uh-uh. A Bue ice hockey star who would go on to play for several NHL teams, including your Hartford oh, Whalers. John, C- John Cullen. I'm thinking of Matt Cullen. I said John. Okay. 
I'm not thinking, <laughs> of, I'm not, I'm not thinking of the right person. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't really remember. Was he number 19 by any I chance? I have no fucking okay. idea. All I know is it said that he played for the Whalers at one point. Um, yeah, Matt Cullen is literally like born a month after me. He just retired last year. I, that is not him. No, I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's who I was thinking of. Because she dated him and she's born in 1966. Yeah. So that, so d- that, that doesn't time out. Doesn't work out. No. Don't remember John Cullen though. Okay. Uh, Carolyn attempted a modeling career, but it didn't really pan out for her. To be fair, it happens for very few people, regardless of how gorgeous. You can be the most stunning person in the world. That is guaranteeing you jack shit. So this is a picture of uh, Carolyn from her modeling days. Mm -hmm. Give us, give us the concerned but bored teenager. She (laughs) is kind of, she's, she's sort of conveying that like pre-heroin chic vibe. A little bit. Yeah. She remained in fashion, though, as she gradually worked her way up the ranks for Calvin Klein. So when I say worked up her way it's up the ranks, deal. you know, she did a good job. So she started as a salesperson at a CK store, and she impressed her higher up so much she eventually made her way up to director of show production. Oh shit. Earning six figures. Uh yeah. Yeah. Wow. So she was beautiful, successful, single, and completely John Jr.'s type. So, in the summer of 1992, John went to Calvin Klein for a fitting. I'll bet he did. <laughs> and now, a fitting. In her <clears> position, <throat> Carolyn was... If I, I feel like I said Caroline. I may have said Caroline. Okay. I apologize. I mean Carolyn this whole time. Carolyn was the one who hooked up the celebs getting free clothes, you know, from the designer. So she met with John and they hit it off. John had just come off his relationship with Daryl Hannah and started going out as with we, Carolyn. As we've all done. <laughs> yes. I remember getting over Daryl Hannah. But they kind of were on, on the down low with their relationship. But then John dumped her to get back with Daryl Hannah. Oh. So, yeah. Um, And then they kind of went through, like, a little on-again, off-again period. But then by 1994, the relationship became more stable, and they became a very hot couple for the New York paparazzi. Like, pretty massively suffocated by the paparazzi. And there's a lot of potential salaciousness we could get into regarding their relationship, but suffice it to say... Two young, hot, successful people with money were dating each other in the mid-90s with massive amounts from, of pressure from their families and tabloids. So, yeah, probably was not smooth sailing. No. So, as uh, John navigated the dating waters and came in and out of Carolyn's life, his mother made a dis- difficult discovery. In November of 1993, Jackie was thrown from a horse and went to, went to the hospital just to make sure she was okay. She was examined... And a swollen lymph node was found. Initially, they diagnosed it as an infection, but her health quickly deteriorated, and she was eventually diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma, a type of blood cancers. She was treated with chemotherapy, and initially kind of seemed to be faring well, but then in March of 1994, it was discovered that the cancer had spread to her spinal cord and brain. Jeez. And on May 19th, 1994, so this was like a six-month, very rapid decline, Jacket, jacket, Jackie Kennedy Onassis died in her sleep in her Manhattan apartment mm. at age 64. Mm. Now, I would like to add, at the very least, she died in her sleep. Sure. In a very peaceful. I'm sure that the treatments and what she had to go through ahead of that was not pain-free. 
But I mean, we all say we want to just go in our sleep, right? It's like the least torturous way to go. So that that happened. And then like small favors, she died before she, her son did. She never knew that her son died tragically and young. So that also like finally she caught a break, which sounds terrible. But I mean, with this poor lady and here's a picture of Jackie in her later years with hmm. John. Yeah. Mm. Poor lady went through so much shit mm-hmm. in her life, but at least there was a little peaceful in her death. And she has the face of somebody who's gone through a lot. I mean that as in she's how got, she's like, a stoic as face. How she's emoting. Mm-hmm. Very strong stoic face. I mean, she had to appear publicly after her husband was shot beside her. So yeah, she knows how to just fucking dig deep. She had to be right right next to somebody who was being sworn in for. Who an, an mm-hmm. hour and a half earlier was her husband's position. Yeah. With her husband's blood and brain matter still in her dress. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 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 I lost my place. Uh-oh. Okay. she had So Jackie had written a letter to John to be opened upon her death. And it read in part, quote, I understand the pressure you forever have to endure as a Kennedy, even though we brought you into this world as an innocent. You especially have a place in history. No matter what the course in life you choose, all I can ask is that you and Caroline continue to make me, the Kennedy family, and yourself proud. End quote. It's very nice. Yeah. And I did say Caroline correctly there Mm because she was obviously referring to her daughter. John and Carolyn married on September 21st, 1996 in Cumberland Island, Georgia, in a remarkably paparazzi-free ceremony. That's probably why I was in Georgia. Yeah. That led to the famous sort of cockeye framed picture of them leaving the church looking very happy. You, I bet you've seen this picture. Oh, it's yeah. It's like a, an iconic yep. picture. Because there were no press at the mm. wedding, there was very little in the way of pictures. And that was kind of the one. That was the one they kind of let leak out a little bit. Yeah. They're like, they're like, Here, like, here's the one photo. One. Mm-hmm. You guys can all fight over the money. Right. <laughs> So, always the adventure, John had had a fascination with flying from childhood that did not fade in his adulthood. I let it go. Stop it. Let it go. Stop it. Now, Jackie and Caroline had both discouraged this interest, given the family history, (laughs) understandably. In 1997, he started taking flying lessons in Vero Beach, Florida. Now, interestingly... Vero Beach is basically directly across the state of Florida, so it's on the East Coast. If you just track directly to the West Coast, um, that is where the 9-11 hijackers took their flying lessons. Oh, shit, really? Oh, my God. Uh, Yes. Um, So so he was taking flying lessons. Then on New Year's Eve, 1997, the Kennedy curse struck again. Uh, John's cousin, Michael... Again, Bobby and Ethel's kid, sixth child this time, who's only like a couple years older than John, was now doing something stupid. He was playing football on skis, like while skiing. Okay. Like tossing around a football. Okay. And this was with other Kennedys. This was another family trip or whatever. Um, Apparently they were asked to stop, like told to stop because it was dangerous. Well, they didn't. He hit a tree. And died oh, from his injuries. Shit. Yeah, like within two hours. Yeah, freak fucking skiing accident. It's not all that much of a freak accident though. In skiing, that's how yeah, a no, lot it, of people it can die. Have, yeah, Sonny Bono died mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. You don't realize people don't realize how fucking fast you're going. 
Yeah, no. Her it's, on skis. See, you could not pay me to get on skis. <laughs> I will not ski. Anyway. Um, Except for that one tr- time down the bunny hill. Yes, and we've already we've already <laughs> talked about that without poles. So the incident shook John, and he took some time off from flying, but he kept at it and got his pilot's license in April of 1998. Yeah, don't do it. Don't tempt fate, John. No. What are you doing? No. Like, what are you doing? So in the following year, in 1999, John and Carol, or over the next year, John and Carolyn's relationship reportedly struggled, and they entered marital counseling in the summer of 1999. Points of stress in the marriage were apparently the fact that George Magazine was not doing well, so it was a kind of financially flailing, and Carolyn's hesitance to have children. Mm. Mm. Which, yep, if you disagree about the kids and whether you want any, that that's a big... It's not up to you whether or not you have kids. It's up to the, the hierarchy. Mm. In the case of the Kennedys, I would imagine. Hell yeah. So. And a Catholic family and everything else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So on May 1st, 1999, they attended the White House Correspondents' Dinner, where several famous photos of them were taken. Here's one of them. And they look very happy. They look very cute. I mean, you never know what happens behind closed doors, but... They could also be like, hey, we're making a public appearance. Let's keep things... Everybody's fine. Nice and neat. Maybe. Also around this time, John bought his plane... A Piper Saratoga. And the Saratoga's in my last picture here. Little six-seater. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, everybody's, uh, everybody's, this is what everybody's first plane looks like. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it was his first, but it was a, the plane, was, as we'll come the to. The plane. Yeah. So that, Jeez. that same summer, so we're talking summer 99, John's cousin Rory, so Rory was the baby that Ethel was carrying when Bobby was shot. Remember their mm-hmm. 11th? Uh, God. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Rory was engaged to writer Mark Bailey, and their wedding was set for July 17th, 1999 at the Kennedy Compound. So real quick, just to sort of mention, when I say the Kennedy Compound, it's like a six-acre estate with a it's, few houses on yeah. it. Yeah. It's clearly big enough to host an entire wedding yeah. and all that. Yeah. And uh, Secret Service. and Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's in Hyannisport, um, Massachusetts. So like Martha's Vineyard-ish. At this point, John had about 300 hours of flight experience. Not bad. Well, on July 16th... Not not good either, I guess. On July 16th, 1999, John and Carolyn were getting ready to go to the wedding. So John had a lunch meeting that day with his George editors, and Carolyn was shopping for her dress for the wedding at Saks, Saks Fifth Avenue. Lauren met John back at his office, and they both met Carolyn at Essex County Airport in Jersey, just outside of Manhattan. So the plan was for John to fly them, Mm. all of them, First to Martha's Vineyard Airport to drop off Lauren, and then uh, he and Carolyn would go on to Barnstable Municipal Airport in Hyannisport. I think it's Barnstable, not Barnstable, but I don't know. Uh, So the initial plan was to depart at 6 p.m. while it was still light out, but Lauren got caught up at work, so that pushed their departure time to after sunset. Will become pertinent. Not good. So the evening of July sixteenth, nineteen ninety nine, was hazy and dark in the area, and one of John's flight instructors offered to fly with him, and John turned him down, saying, "quote or that he quote wanted to do it alone." No, just, oh my god. 
Now, another more experienced uh. pilot, Kyle Bailey, who helped keep up John's plane, also had a flight scheduled to Martha's Vineyard planned that night, but he decided against flying. A very experienced pilot was, was like, like, yeah, not no, worth that's, it. It, it's not good visibility. I'm like, I'll do it in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the issue wasn't uh, wasn't so much the bad weather as in like thunderstorms. It was visibility. Sure. It was humid because this is like mid July, mm-hmm. dark, no, like very little moonlight, and they were going to be flying over water, and all of that can lead to poor visibility. And as Bailey watched John's Saratoga taxi down the runway at eight thirty eight p.m. that night, he said, "Quote: I can't believe he's going up in this weather." Mm. At 10.05 p.m. <laughs> While also being a Kennedy. <laughs> well, yeah, just why are you getting in a plane as a Kennedy? At 10.05 p.m., the plane had yet to land in Martha's Vineyard, mm. obviously concerning. It was a relatively short flight, and this was past their uh, planned arrival. Part of it is he wants to do this to look cool. He's like, I'm going to drop off, you know. Lauren. Lauren at, the, at Martha's Vineyard, and then I'm going to, you know, part of it is, oh, God. A twenty-one-year-old, a twenty-one-year-old college intern at the Martha's Vineyard Airport named Adam Bud became concerned and called the FAA to report. You know, hey, should have been here by now. A, and he even yeah. said, "We're this is JFK Jr." Yeah, like he even said, he even name dropped. Now the ensuing conversation is a matter of some controversy. So Bud describes feeling intimidated and dismissed by the person that he talked to at the FAA. The FAA maintains that Bud failed to properly identify himself and make the situation clear. But in the end, when the FAA said, like, look, we don't give out this information on the phone, kind of like being dismissive of him, Bud felt kind of intimidated. And he said, quote, all right, it's no big deal, end quote. As a result, it wasn't until Kennedy family members became worried and a family friend, Carol Radwell, reported the missing flight at 2.15 a.m. Oh, so wait. That an I mean, actual there's... search began. Mm-hmm. That, and that is, talk about time being costly. I mean, that's a three-hour three lag. Well, it, as we'll find out, it's not going to matter. But Probably not. No, but, you know, no sure. it's not. Definitely not. It's not. They died on impact. Damn. Spoiler alert. Um, and quick side note, Rory's wedding was postponed. It ended up taking place August 2nd, 99. But anyway. oh, God. So the Coast Guard began their search and rescue mission using the last known location via radar to determine where to look. They were sadly very close to Martha's Vineyard when mm-hmm. they almost made it. But anyway, uh, there were, of course, initial hopes that those aboard the Saratoga plane would be found alive, though... Uh, those who were searching weren't quite as helpful. It's more like the family holding out some hope. The search continued over the next several days as everyone waited anxiously. Uh, then President Bill Clinton reached out to Caroline and Ted Kennedy, as well as Andrew Cuomo, mm. who at the time was married to Carrie Kennedy, Ethel and Bobby's oh seventh God. born. I know everyone has a Kennedy connection. We're all screwed. Uh um, Clinton also ordered U.S. Navy warships to help in the search. <laughs> Jesus. Which drew criticism, considering, like, <laughs> yeah. hey, do you do that for normals? Uh, no. <laughs> do you do that for average do you, people? Do you do that for people who are actually in the Navy? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, no, but I guess he felt bad considering the, uh, um, 
<laughs> the Kennedy curse, I guess, is what he's always losing. It's Kennedy. like, dude, uh, it's been like five or six days. Like, a warship isn't <laughs> helping yeah. shit. Like, he's obviously... Which I think at some point, it probably just became recovery. Had well, to, that's the thing. So, yeah. after the first day or two passed, the search and rescue mission turned into search and recovery. A presumed search and, and recovery. On July 19th, 1999, the NOAA, NOAA National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Administration. <laughs> a hydrographic survey ship, and this is the name of the ship, RUDE. R-U-D-E. Now, to be clear, that I thought was you named... were going to say R-U-U-D. No, like... it's R-U-D-E. Okay. It is named after Gilbert T. Rude. <laughs> Not just saying the word rude. Anyway, the Rude found fat fragments of the Saratoga 120 feet or 37 meters down on the ocean floor, mm. about seven and a half miles or about 12 kilometers off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Navy divers found various parts of the plane along like a really large swath of the seabed. And then on July 21st, the divers found the bodies of all three on board. Uh, Carolyn and Lauren were found near the fuselage and John was found strapped in his pilot seats. Mm. Autopsies showed all three had died when the plane hit the water. On impact. Yeah. yeah. So even if the search and rescue mission had started earlier, wouldn't, wouldn't it would not have mattered. It was too late. So the NTSB obviously launched an investigation and released their findings about a year later. Their conclusion was that the crash was John's fault. Specifically, quote, the pilot's failure to maintain control of the airplane during a descent over water at night, which was a result of spatial disorientation, end quote. Now, so there were there were a lot of factors that they listed as contributing to this, like a lot, a bunch that would probably be, sounds like the biggest one, though. Yes, that was a major one. But but again, like kind of the main issue, John wasn't that experienced right. as a pilot. So we said, uh, just watch your can. Is oh, I <laughs> you're like you want my no, truly? No, no, no. You thought I was going to knock it over. <laughs> yes. That is possible. <laughs> I've done that. Oh, it was getting close. <laughs> okay, I was like, what do you want? You want my truly? <laughs> um. So 300 hours is not much. Only 100 of those hours were solo. And why would you? Let's we'll yeah, have okay, time yeah, for that. Sure. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, so we have how many disasters, air disasters, have we recovered? Have we covered where the pilots had thousands oh, God, of yeah. flight hours and still made mistakes? Mm-hmm. So this. I mean, if you're a newbie, you're vulnerable to making yeah. mistakes. And, and, and honest to God, I mean, part of me is thinking, like, he's doing it to show off. A little bit. He He's a 38-year-old rich guy. You can't, like, mm-hmm. discount that. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Um, John also didn't have an instrument rating. So do you remember in the past where we've talked about mm-hmm. uh, visual flight rules and yes. instrumental flight yep. rules? So, like, visual flight rules, VFR, like, you're able to you're kind able of to tell where see. you are by visability, yes. right? IFR instrumental flight rules are like when you have to go by your instruments because your, your visibility yep. is not is poor, typically because of weather conditions. Well, John didn't wasn't certified in the <laughs> and that's just, instrument flight rules, just taking, invisibility. You're taken off at dusk, like in bad conditions where experienced pilots aren't willing to. So, and he didn't know how to use his instruments properly, or at least wasn't certified. Dude, or John, like oh my so, god. So. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. He was using VFR and IFR conditions, basically. Uh, there was, But there was also the possibility, I, I did read, I didn't go into this too much, but that he didn't, 
he didn't get the most up-to-date weather report. So it's possible he didn't realize it was going to be as bad as it was. But but John also wasn't the best communicator on about this flight. So after takeoff, so he he communicated with air traffic control on takeoff, and then nothing. He just like wasn't really communicating. Uh, so he, never said like I'm up to no, I'm up in the air, well, like not, I'm going past cli- takeoff, climbing to. Well, I don't know how far past takeoff, but yeah, I guess. Um, he wasn't required to file a flight plan. And so he didn't, and no one knew his exact route or his ETA. Uh, he Those was, are things that I would think you would want to know with every yes. single plane that takes off, They period. also discovered when they found the plane that the radio frequencies were turned to the wrong frequencies. So. Yeah. Uh, stress level and injury were also cited as factors. So the NTS, the NTSB specifically called out John and Carolyn's marriage and the financial distress of George magazine as potential factors for making him not, maybe not making the best judgment calls. Uh, also six weeks earlier, John had broken his ankle in a paragliding accident and had just had his cast removed the day before and was walking with a limp. Hmm. So anyway, uh, the long and short of the whole report was spatial disorientation. Mm. Now, this is truly horrifying. So John could have taken a route that followed coastline, which would have given a lot more visual guidance. Right. There would have been it would have followed up Rhode Island. There there was lights. There, there was would coastline. Been, there would have been landmarks, too. Exactly. Um, instead, he decided to take the shorter route, which was just over open water. No. Just, now, just this no. Is, no matter how experienced a pilot you are flying at night over water with poor visibility and not being able to use your instrumentation properly, that's just hazardous. It's a, it's a again, it comes down to a series of dumb decisions is what this whole thing comes down to. Basically, yes. But, um, so... Or a series of bad decisions. They'll put dumb as, you know... I gotcha. I didn't, but a series of bad decisions it, is what caused These were not the this. best decisions. That's true. Yeah. So the problem is, it, flying over open water at night, poor visibility, it can become impossible to distinguish... Sure. Where, where the, the sky fuck you is are. and where the water is. That can happen to you in a fucking video game. <laughs> right? Much yeah. less in a goddamn plane yeah. that you're flying... Like over the ocean. And when you aren't trained to use your instruments to help you out effectively and are only using your perception of what you're seeing, things can go immediately oh, fuck awry. Yeah. Oh, and go man. awry they did. So here's what happened. I don't know if I Based wanna know. on the data, it's bad. So the data from the plane shows at nine thirty four PM. John started to descend because remember he was not far from his He was not far from where airport, he had right? to go. Yeah. A few minutes later... 25 miles away or something like that? No, seven miles away from... Oh, seven miles away. So he was really close. That's where they crashed, anyway. Okay. Um, I think he was... When they started to descend, he was like 16 miles off, anyway. At 934, he started to descend. a minute or two away. Yeah. Yeah. A few minutes later, he veered to the right and then started ascending. Then a few seconds later, he veered to the left. So basically, this was someone who didn't know which way, like, what direction he was going he and was obviously trying to get control when he didn't have control and obviously wasn't he was literally just reacting he wasn't trusting mm-hmm. any sort of landmark because there was nothing there was nothing he's like oh well i gotta go here now i gotta go here mm-hmm. so it's very then yeah. this loss of control became so severe that the flight ended in a spiraling nosedive Jesus at the Christ. rate of 79 Jesus feet per second Christ. 
and it was a corkscrew, like mm-hmm. started in big circles and then faster. Like he probably looked like a fucking fighter plane going down. He literally didn't know which way was up, left, right, nope. nothing, nothing. It was like being in a big black void, probably. Yeah. And terrifying and horrible. Um, all three on board died on impact with the water. The plane Jeez, was yeah. torn apart as it ripped through the water. Yeah. John was 38 years old. Lauren was 34. Carolyn was 33. Wow. Yeah. So John, Carolyn, and Lauren were all cremated. Their ashes were scattered off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. And uh, at a memorial service, his uncle, Ted Kennedy, said of John, quote, like his father, he had every gift but length of years. Mm. End quote. So John's death closed out a century of the Kennedy curse, punctuating the end of the 90s, the millennium, and the era of pre-social media, pre-9-11 America. It was like the end of an era. Like really, pretty if much. You look back on I mean, it, really, it was the end of a big era. Because even the uh, even the the internet in 1999 was, yeah, nothing, was nothing compared like... to what it even was like four or five years mm-hmm. later. It really kind of was like, all right, we're closing this chapter. Like we're going into a new. What what fun things can await us in the, in the new century? Well, uh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. No. Um, well, for the next decade or so. It was looking pretty good in the 21st century for the Kennedy curse. For the, for the Kennedys. <laughs> for the Kennedys only. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work not, so out for the rest of America. Yeah. At least, at least the, the Kennedy curse took like a break for, yeah. uh, for the first decade. Um, Again, it, tra- it transferred hosts into like just world chaos. Right. And then, <sighs> after a decade-long tragedy reprieve, on September 16th, 2011, Kara Kennedy... Ted Kennedy's oldest and only daughter died of a heart attack at age 51. Again, sort of a premature sure. uh, death, natural death. On May 16th, 2012, Mary Richardson Kennedy, estranged wife of Robert Kennedy Jr., died of suicide. Wow. On August 1st, <laughs> 2019... <laughs> Sersha Kennedy Hill, daughter of Courtney Kennedy Hill, so Bobby and Ethel's fifth child, oh my God. died of an accidental overdose at the Kennedy compound at age 22. Jesus Christ. This 2019. And then finally, are we ready for this one? <laughs> There's still another one. Oh, yeah. And this one I saw on social media. Like, I, I have heard of this. So on April 2nd, 2020, as in like six weeks ago, uh, yeah. Maeve Kennedy Townsend McKean... The daughter of Bobby and Ethel's oldest, Kathleen, went missing on a canoe trip in the Chesapeake Bay with her eight-year-old son, Gideon. Her body was found on April 6th and her son's body on April 8th. Because of the COVID pandemic, a public funeral could not be held. Jesus Christ. And (laughs) dot, dot, dot. Let's see what happens next. I'm definitely, I don't know. I'm definitely now never going anybody named Kennedy in in any fashion, <laughs> even if that's your middle name. What and, the fuck? And that, my friends, was you can't even the go current end. Of can't the even story go on a fucking canoe trip <laughs> of the Kennedy curse, and specifically the death of John F. Kennedy Jr. Oh my god. 
I, I can see that's probably me clipping all those times. I don't know. I was laughing a lot too. But you can't I even know. you can't even go canoeing if you're no. in this family. Like you no. can't even do that. Apparently, I did not look into it because it honestly it would be its that's own a, that's, tragedy. That's, that's, right? that's enough. Yeah. But like they that's got all you need swept to know. out. Yeah. They were in a bay, so yeah, but, they're in they yeah they yeah. they weren't necessarily doing it in the smartest place. I'm not going to comment because I I did not read more details. I mean, but. I didn't even add up how many <laughs> bad things we covered in this there one were, family. I'm going to say that there were 10, minimally. Oh, I think at like least. different yeah. tragedies that we could have. Both Onassis children. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I'm not even going to go back. And I'm thinking about it. Like, yes, they are a large family. That is something to consider. They're rich, so they have a more... They have... L- more like they fly more i'm sure so they're more they're more more, uh, they're more egalitarian yes but the idea being that because they have more means they can do more risky things sure absolutely like skiing accidents don't happen to the working like playing football and skiing at the same time (laughs) just sounds stupid and and if you're kind of a trust fund kid sort of next thing you know you run into a tree at going who knows how hard enough to kill him yeah I mean, mm-hmm. and that's not the first time that somebody's hit a tree skiing, and it will not no, be the last time. No, unfortunately. Like, it's just... But, like, thinking about even... So you can't go skiing. You can't go canoeing. <laughs> you can't do anything. Definitely can't Don't be in a plane. Fly. Definitely do not Don't be in a fly. plane. But the thing is, like, even looking back on any family, like, there's natural deaths in my family. Um, an overdose. Uh, I, I think it's not uncommon for families to have suicide, um, but to have multiple freak accidents and premature deaths, that seems unusual. I could be wrong. It's just really... (laughs) Maybe my family's just lucky. I don't know. (laughs) It's just, it's just like, what are the odds that... When you're a Kennedy, pretty high. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. I mean... Well, let's let's hope nothing happens to Chris Pratt. I guess, huh? And see, and see, um, Ted because he killed somebody else well, accidentally. He died of. Uh, I was gonna say age. made it through, made it through all of. But even he doesn't. He's not. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. uh, what the fuck? I mean, I what was that really terrible uh, soap opera like in the late '90s that was almost made to be? purposely terrible passions yes that's it yes <laughs> i love that i knew what you were talking about yes. i loved passions was... loved passions you are my passion for life i actually saw this the other day i don't know if it was a spoof on the onion or if the onion did it themselves mm-hmm. but i i followed the onion on twitter right. so i think that they did it themselves they said the onion is retiring because we can no longer <laughs> yeah. what did they say because we can no longer uh top what happens in real life basically. right we we don't have the satire There's like it's no not difference between satire they're and like life, they're like it's yeah. not clever enough anymore <laughs> like something in that vein uh-huh and what does that have to do with passions because it was so terrible on purpose oh okay I and gotcha. and even as terrible and as crazy as that show got it couldn't top the kennedys <laughs> it really couldn't like you couldn't I know. Every you time can't. I wrote, like, like you the can't. coincidences, I was like, this sounds like a terribly written soap opera. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that's where they were getting their ideas from the whole time. They're like, what did the Kennedys do today? <laughs> maybe. Oh, okay. Like, that that works. Like, maybe. we'll put that in the show. It's Jesus so Christ. Weird. Um, 
I think, and it's funny too, because there's like, like I found myself having complicated feelings about the whole thing. Like on one hand, that's awful. And I feel terrible for them. On the other hand, they're super rich and like, how much do you feel bad for them? But I actually found the most sympathy with Jackie. Like, oh yeah, because like that lady, like you, at some point you just felt <laughs> it's like, like, okay, just whatever. It's like you can't possibly endure anything else. Like, Yes, then, good for you for fleecing this guy out of millions. I think that's great. And Aristotle Onassis, by all accounts, was not a great guy. Probably so not. You don't have that much money if you are. All she had to do is stay married to him for like six years. Cash out. And get 100 mil out of him. Mm-hmm. And I, do, I don't begrudge her that. No. <laughs> I honestly don't begrudge her that. Um, not to speak ill of Aristotle Onassis. <laughs> um, I actually feel kind of bad for his kids that, that's shitty like both, both of them. his kids yeah died young and their mom i feel bad for their mom it's just oh it's just it, it is just it is literally just the can somebody said on facebook like the dead kennedys the dead, or all dead kennedys all dead kennedys <laughs> yes yeah, so get that was really fucking funny it, it, whoever really made that post it really could take up the whole um a whole podcast just how much awful has happened to that fa- that one family and just like i just keep sort of like relating it back to my family and there's some weird stuff in my family like when my grandparents divorced and then married swapped partners and married each other's ex um and lived back to to each other for decades that that was was weird that was a what moment for me (laughs) (laughs) and like can you explain that again (laughs) yes well you see when you... Uh, and actually, I went to both of those houses. Yes, like. you did. We just walked around the block <laughs> yes. to get to my next set of grandparents. Yes, yes. that's exactly what happened. Um, I mean, a lot of families go through the typical divorce, affairs, sure. um, addiction issues, stuff like that. Or all of the, Or all of the above, yeah. This is beyond... <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah, this is... This is bizarre and beyond that although i will say that like i i do feel like as a celebrity might be more prone to air disasters because you're flying on smaller planes more frequently sure like it's the copy effect and plus you're you're just flying more often yes Uh which automatically just ups your probability travel a lot tend to not be commercial so smaller aircraft like i said it was the kobe effect can you believe that happened just four months ago that was four months ago yeah does anybody like a, remember it? it I mean, like it's it the weirdest ago. eclipsed, like, disaster. We will cover it one day because it was horrible. And, like, kids died, which yeah. is terrible. But, yeah, now it's just like, well, there's... The world is... <laughs> the, world the world is the onion now, so... <laughs> the world died. <laughs> but not even close. The, the old way of life died, I will say that. Uh, yeah, and fucking good riddance to that. Like... Yeah. Uh, let's... let's Let's build off of this, please. Yeah, well, in a positive it, way. It'll be good riddance if we can do better. Mm-hmm. That's what it'll be, but yeah. Time will tell. But so, hey, we just finished our hundred fiftieth episode. That is insane. One five. Cheers. Oh yeah. Cheers. There we go. <laughs> We're classy like that. The clink of aluminum. The clink of a truly and a Miller Light. That's the that's the, that's the dunce cap sound that it makes. Like. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I hope that that was, it's like, it's a tragedy. It's all a tragedy. It's absolutely a tragedy. 
I was hoping that maybe it would be a little more interesting than like horrific like a mass casualty incident you know the actual crash itself that oh, we covered that's is awful. that's it was horrific brutal. that's yeah if you're corkscrewing well and, and again he had spatial disorder so uh, for all he, he knows, knew he could have yeah. been corkscrewing into space in Didn't his mind know it, yeah you know not into the fucking ocean yeah. Yeah, but yeah yeah, dead on impact, like no shit. And you know, you know, here's something terrible that I think about stuff like that sometimes. Like, he caused the crash. It was. Can you imagine if he had survived it? Uh, like that, and and the women had died. The women on board mm. had died. Like it's almost like at that point at least you can sort of be encapsulated as this eternally good-looking 38-year-old. That, and you, like, go and speak to your Uncle Ted. Oh, jeez. Be like, Uncle Ted, what's it like to, uh... You don't come back from... I don't think... <laughs> no. You might come back from Chappaquiddick. I don't think you come back from that. I don't think you come back from Chappaquiddick, either. I don't think you do. I... I how could you? Sociopathy? I guess. I mean... Mm-hmm. I, I know very little about mm-hmm. Ted. Uh, I guess that's all I want to know. <laughs> that's what I choose Maybe to know about Ted. Maybe better not to dig too far <laughs> <Yeah>. in Ted. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. Like, I've always thought of the Kennedys as kind of like a hoity-toity, like not, like they had the They're image of the... old money upper crust New Englanders. But after this series of stories, I mean, there were 15 subplots right. in just the two episodes we did. They did not it's, escape unscathed is the thing. Not even close. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. I'm with you. <laughs> I will take I'm, a nice, calm, boring life. Absolutely. Over, over that? money and opulence. Over that bullshit? You stand like a 20% yeah. chance of dying prematurely in a yeah. horrible way. Yeah. 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 Every time I'll take that option. Mm. Stay safe, Chris Pratt. yes very much so uh to be clear i think so i've mentioned that several times so uh kathleen katie whatever he's marrying a schwarzenegger kick no No, that's somebody else he's marrying a schwarzenegger or has married her i don't know i kind of am annoyed with him after he and anna ferris split up but uh, on a Ferris. Feel free, uh, disaster enthusiasts, to leave the podcast at this moment. <laughs> they already have. <laughs> They're skipping. We know this. Be prepared to skip. The two-star Dolly Dolly, Dolly Dolly said that. Um, so, uh, but Mar- so this lady, the Schwarzenegger that he's marrying, his mom, her mom, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. Her mom is Maria Shriver. Maria okay. Shriver is Eunice's daughter. I so believe. this is Eunice. Maria Maria Shriver's granddaughter that is being married to Chris no, Pratt? No, daughter. Da- you, uh, what, Maria well, Shriver's whatever. daughter. I thought you said something else. But Maria Shriver okay. is Eunice Kennedy's daughter. So oh, Bobby okay. is her grandpa. Okay. Is Maria Shriver's grandfather. I think. The, I did not the, look any of this up, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And the beat goes on. <laughs> So they say. Uh, well, you know, I wouldn't mind if something happened to Arnold, but protect Maria. <laughs> that Ar- sounds Arnold, terrible. Arnold is a national treasure. Or at least he once was. <laughs> uh, anyway. He's kind of a gross person. Uh, probably. We've reached the 
let's sign off yes. this portion of today's let's program. Well, that was our 150th episode of All Bad Things. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we made it this far. I can't have believe we? <laughs> we have. We may have stumbled across whatever line that was there, but we, we made it across. And oh, this, we, this is right. Oh, I know. Right away. Okay. I got you. Um, and we appreciate you being there with us. Yes. The people who are still hanging in there. Somehow. Some, for whatever I, reason. I have heard that some people have listened to us multiple times, and that blows That's, my mind. That definitely blows my mind. <laughs> good on you people. Thank you, Abby. Yes. You're good for our ego. And that was The Death of John F. Kennedy Jr., Part 2. Spatial disorientation. Yes. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.